hope. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. And so are these fans. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Boston organization has been well run for a long time now. From the top on down, here comes a 1-2 pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! 5-1 to the final tonight! And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. The Red Sox have won the World Championship. The Boston Red Sox beat the Los Angeles Dodgers 5-1. to They win the World Series four games to one. And the Red Sox become the first team in the 21st century with four world championships. Can you believe Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Pesky Podcast. I am the Rit. Here with me is my man, DC, Anthony on the Cape. Guys, what's going on? What's going on, buddy? What's up? Episode 8. I can't believe we made it this far and haven't been canceled yet. People, people still want to hear us, which is a surprise. But man, this is the biggest week for the Pesky Podcast. We're drop, we're dropping this off at Sunday night. Then Wednesday, we had a big, big, big announcement. The legendary Keith Folk will be on with us, along with Sox Addict. Thir- uh, Thursday opening day. We're having a big live event. We got some great people coming on. Friday, man, another podcast. We'll be on there with, with, with your boy Josh Lynn talking about the rest of the of the Red Sox Baltimore Orioles series. Man, we are just action-packed this week. But uh let's catch up a little bit. Let's start with you, DC. What's been going on, man? Uh any any thoughts, any any news going your way? I mean, not too much going on really at all. Just had some family time today. Just hung out with the fam. And my dad came with us. We got went on a nice little train ride. Um, just stoked for the week, man. Uh, it's a big announcement that we got. Uh, Socks Attic came came through for us big, to be honest with you. That's pretty sweet. So I'm just uh, just trying hard not to fangirl and uh, think of some good questions for our man, uh, Keith Folk. Oh, man. I, I, I can't wait. It's she, she has done and gone way above and beyond anybody that I could sit there and thought of to help us out. So Anthony, well, what, what about you? What's been going on with you this week? Yeah, no, I've just been busy. I mean, I kind of laid low a little bit sort of on Twitter, just kind of gotten burnt out with all the, you know, I mean, Tony Maz, I don't know if he, Tony Maserati, he deleted his Twitter, or deactivated his Twitter, which is tough. And it's just the whole thing with the, the cancel culture. We kind of talked about it last time with everything. It just kind of drained me a little bit and I just needed a little break to recharge my battery. And um, I was back today and uh, and I'm just excited for opening day. I'm excited to talk to Keith Folk and like you said, Sox Addict uh, coming through clutch. Yeah, she's she's kind of like our closer. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll, we sit there and we'll, we we set up 
we, we have a good starting, you know, we have a long, long relief. And then she comes in and just closes out the Keith Folk deal for us. That That's just amazing. I can't wait. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, have been, you know, chirping, wanting to, wanting to hear, hear what's going on. Uh, DC, man, he, he sat there and threw up a great Marcella Meyer card. Man, Saw that, yeah, that was a beauty. We, we, we gained a hundred Twitter followers wow. since, since he dropped that card. It's amazing how, how quick we're growing and j just the people that enjoy the podcast itself. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, we got many more cards to come too. Um, and I'm sure as we go, go along with this too, we'll have other stuff to give away, but yeah. I, have, I have a bunch on deck. Uh, I got one more Marcella Meyer to give away at some point. Tristan Cassis, rookie, um, Nomar game worn Jersey patch card, David Ortiz Jersey or game worn Jersey card. Yeah, so just keep listening and uh, watch out for the Twitter. Yeah, and we'll we'll be announcing that uh, that winner on uh, Thursday before the game. Yeah, we'll, we'll just tune in Thursday on our YouTube page, Twitch, Twitter. We're go it's going to be all live, so check us out there. But who man, won? Who won the Meyer card? By the way, no, uh, we're drawing that opening oh, day. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay, I got you. Actually, just the just the post uh, that we're that you're you're giving it away gained a hundred. I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Because yep. because we only give away stuff to actual subscribers, right? Yes. Or you got, yeah, you got yeah, to follow, like, <laughs> retweet, and tag. It was four things you had to do to be uh, entered. So I got to kind of cipher through all the people that did. You know, to see who did all, you know, all four of them. Because I know there's some out there that didn't. So uh, if you hear this and you, you're not sure if you retweeted or tagged somebody or the other two, you might want to get back on there. Yeah, I mean, that's literally who knows what that card's going to be worth, right? When this guy's yeah. tearing up the league and he's a franchise shortstop for us. I mean, that's 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 a nice card. Bowman, always a classic, you know. Yeah, first one, too. So Yeah, yeah so, huge. oh, man, last week the WBC ended. Team Japan won, and let's just talk a little bit about the about the final. Like it's everybody was talking about. Oh man, Otani versus Trout. Man, this is stuff that people have been dying to see. But they're acting like it was. Uh, who who was the the playoff guy that took Eckersley yard? Kirk Gibson. Yeah, Gibson. Like they're talking like it was it was that. Like that was yeah. a moment. Like Otani just overpowered Trout. It was five pitches, you know, ridiculous. So, uh, Anthony, well, what were your thoughts on on the whole the whole uh, process there? I, I enjoyed the WBC. Um, you know, just figuring out, you know, this kind of the schedule and everything, like what, what channels were it was on, and 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 there was some late games, but I, I enjoyed it. Um, and uh, I thought Japan Japan really impressed me as usual. Uh, I just like the way they play. It felt like almost a very complete team. Like they didn't have like a superstar shortstop, but they had a shortstop who was really good at baseball, mm -hmm. right? He knew how to run the bases. He knew how to handle the bat and get the bunt down. He knew how to field his position. So it was like they almost looked like a great team, right? They, I thought they were the best team, whereas other teams were collections of superstars. Japan was an actual team. And the way they played and the way it was managed, I thought the manager was a phenomenal manager. And obviously you had studs, you know, like Shohei and and, and uh, Yoshi. So 
I was impressed with Japan, man, for sure. And I, and I just feel like we kind of got let down because we didn't have our pitching. We didn't have the pitching we needed to win it all. And it really showed up when you have to start Merrill Kelly in, in the championship game. I'm sorry. I just don't think that's good enough. I would have, if we had Wayne right on the mound, I would have been fine with it, but not Merrill Kelly guys. Man, I, I was, I was looking at the possible U.S. pitching that we could have had there. DeGrom, Verlander, like, Scherzer, Scherzer, like these are guys that that could have been there, and that would have you know changed the whole game plan right then. So DC, what about you? Yeah, I mean, uh, just to kind of echo what Anthony said, I was pretty pleased with the whole th- the whole thing, you know, as a whole. Um, it was fun to watch. Uh, as far as the final, and it kind of was a toss up, but uh, I'm not surprised that Japan came away with it. Kind of like he also said, they're complete, you know, from top to bottom, from manager all the way down to their role players. And I feel like Japan just they're just an arm farm, man. They just they just bring guys that can just throw heat, have command. Um, their starting pitchers are just unreal. And as far as the Trout and Otani, I mean, that was I mean, after the fact, it definitely looked like over uh, overblown, overblown. Sorry. But um, I mean, going into it, that's a cool moment. You have Otani, you know, the U.S. is I mean. Mike Trout going against the, you know, his, his teammate. So, I mean, that's pretty cool, but yeah, Otani just waxed him, man. I mean, just <laughs> right across the home plate, but uh, it was cool to watch. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, yeah. Have a Kelly go out there kind of, kind of hurts your chances. I'm hoping next, you know, in 2026, we, we get some better guys out there, but um, overall I was pretty happy with the whole thing. It was cool to watch. It's cool to see other players from other, other countries that you don't really know about. And it's also, I was thinking about today, uh, on the way to my trip, um, how it is like, it's gotta be awesome as a, like a young player, an unknown player that can go in and play for a t- like a country and nobody really knows them, but maybe gets their name out. Like, look at that one guy from, uh, who just got signed by the Detroit. He signed, he struck out, um, Devers, Soto and, uh, somebody else like, like all in one inning struck out the side and he got a deal right away. So it's just cool to see the young unknown guys come up and get their opportunity to showcase their skills. So. Yeah, overall, just really stoked with the uh, the result. Obviously, I want to see USA come away with it. Josh, USA. Well, one so. thing real quick, what you said. So it, it was actually cool that that was the final at bat, right? That was the cool thing about it was that's how the thing ended, Shohei versus Trout. You know what I mean? Like, But like you said, it, it, it was no contest. I mean, the guy's... The guy's lights out, dude. Like hit that slider, dude. That what was that? Like ninety-two off the off the edge or something with nasty late movement. I mean, that thing was filthy. Yeah, uh, definitely. Oh, yeah. But it was cool to end the the WBC on that, right? Th- that showdown. It was kind of cool. Yeah, and and then if you look at it, the Red Sox they had a lot of players representing across the board on several different countries. Uh, we're just gonna sit there and. Uh, name a few, and then we're going to talk about you know who had the big performances. Uh, Kike, he looked really well. Uh, Anthony, what did you think? He's a great ball player. That's the bottom line. If you don't know Kike Hernandez is a hell of a ball player, you just don't know baseball because the guy is a baseball player. Um, he, he was phenomenal as usual in center field. Um, I don't did he play short? Uh, I don't know I don't, if he did. I don't know if he did play short. I think he just played center for them, right? But he looked yeah. great in center field, which gives you a lot of confidence because he's the kind of guy that can do it all. He's like a super utility guy. 
Um, he looks healthy. I know he got hit hit um, by a pitch recently, but yeah, he looked healthy and he's a ball player. I like Kike Hernandez and he's a great leader, by the way. And Tanner Houck has talked about that yesterday in the broadcast, how great of a leader Kike Hernandez is. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a big Kike guy right now. DC, well, what are your thoughts on Kike and the WBC? Yeah, he played well. Um, I know we, we, I think I touched on it right before this, the tournament started, uh, how he was excited to play every day for Puerto Rico. And I think he doesn't take that for granted. So I think he went out there looking to have fun, but also, you know, prove himself, you know, take that time that he's getting that he didn't have the last tournament. Um, made some great plays in center field. And uh, yeah, I'm just glad to see that from him, especially on that stage. We're going to go over to uh, Rafael Devers. So he, he sat there and he didn't get to play the field. He was their DH. They asked the Red Sox permission to play at first. It got denied. He, I think he was two for 14, three for 14, something like that. So I'm kind of glad he, he got all that out in the WBC. And hopefully he, you know, he raked one deep that today. Like he that did. thing, that thing went parking lot. So DC. And supposedly work. yesterday he uh, also uh, had one just foul that was like almost 500 feet. Yeah, so he's DC, crushing it. Let's sit there and start with you, uh, Devers. What are your thoughts on his WBC? Yeah, obviously not the uh, the stats and the the outcome that he wanted as far as like a personal level and probably the team level. Um, but a guy like Devers, I'm not worried about it. Like you said, kind of get it out of the way now. And uh, today he cranked the home run. Yesterday he just missed one, so I think it's a non-issue. I think he'll be fine. He'll be a pretty core piece for us, obviously. Anthony. Yeah, I mean, he, he's everything for us, right? He's everything for us. He's the most, you know, the two most important players we have are Chris Sale and Raphael Devers. Um, so, you know, the fact I don't I'm kind of disappointed. I just learned that when you said it about the fact that Red Sox denied um, him playing first base. That's very disappointing because he's never played first base. Right. Um, he might transition there in the future. Austin Riley's played first base for the Braves. Why Why are we so against letting this guy play a couple of games at first base just to see how it looks? What's the problem? Get him over there. Get him comfortable. Aaron Judge, they're moving him around, playing him different places. He's not complaining about it. He's a baseball player. Stop treating Devers like he's got to be only third base, only batting second, only this, only that. Let the guy just go out and play some ball and have fun. And if and if in three or four years we might need him to play first base, what's wrong with getting him? What what if we needed him in an emergency to play first base this year? You know, I mean, what's the problem with 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 that? I mean, I understand he's never really played there, so you don't want him to get hurt in the WBC. But that bothers me that the Red Sox seem like they're so against ever playing him at first base. Yeah, I, I, I was more a little more worried about him just not getting any field time, like just being stuck in that DH role where he just loses all those at-bats where he's been playing the field. If it, if it be a third, if it be at first, it's you, you need those reps out there to get comfortable. Like that's what the spring training's for. So he, he just went to the WBC to, just to play DH and sit in the, in the dugout while he, Everybody else is on the field, which I didn't like that because right. you need, especially with the past couple of years, Devers, his gloves been getting a lot better. So he he works on those things in spring training, and he wasn't able to do that this year. Exactly. Yeah. No, I agree with you absolutely. I've made that point on Twitter. It's like, you know, he's going there for two or three weeks, not playing third, 
And luckily, he did come back and made a nasty play. We all talked about that last time. He did make a nice play there. I'm not too worried about his defense, really, because he's always had the talent. He just needs to stay focused, know how many outs there are, and, and make accurate throws to first. But his glove's yeah. not really an issue. Let's uh, let's go Verdugo. You know, he, he was a key part in Team Mexico, making it as far as they did. So, uh, Anthony. Yeah, be, I mean, I don't know how, how was he a key part? As far as I know, he had like 091. He was hitting 091 until he had that RBI double. So he had one good hit. Um, he was batting second. So that tells you how bad their team is. Um, you know, no, I mean, I, I have been very – I'm impressed with the condition he's in. It definitely looks like he's in better shape. He doesn't have that gut like he had last year. So I'm liking the fact that he seems like he's in better condition. I'm hoping his foot is healed and healthy. And I'm hoping he has a really good year. I personally right now – would be willing to trade him because I don't think we need him at all. And we're, we're not looking to keep him long-term. I don't want to get too much into that now. As far as the, I didn't see anything in the WBC that said any, that that really impressed me. And if you look at his stats, he really did nothing the whole time. So uh, that was pretty much nothing as far as I'm concerned. Okay. He, no, nothing's changed on Verdugo with the WBC. Okay. Same guy. DC. Yeah, I wasn't too impressed with him as well. Um, obviously, you know how I feel about him. He did have a clutch hit against Japan, but it was one hit. Um, and they ended up, I mean, it didn't really turn into anything. Uh, I'm just not on the train for Verdugo, man. I just, I'm not impressed with his WBC. I haven't been impressed with his stint with the Red Sox so far. Um, this is his, his year for me. And I I don't really think he can really change my mind unless he comes out and hits, you know, maybe goes 30-30 or something, you know? <laughs> Dude, yeah. if he had, if he hit twenty home runs this year, I would literally run to the bank with that. Okay, if he hits two eighty plus with twenty home runs, that would be huge for us. That would be so huge yeah. for us. And then people could actually say, okay, yeah, he is a decent average player. He hasn't even come close to that. I think his career high is what, like twelve? Yeah, something like that. You know, two years ago, maybe last year. Yeah, I think he had 11, 10 or 11 last year. I mean, it was brutal. How did you feel about it, Josh? Hey, I loved how, how he went out there representing Mexico, helped them out. And then when he came back, he is fresh for the leadoff back-to-back games. And he did really well. Really well. I can't wait. I can't wait, DC, until we're at work Thursday. You and I are going to be happy as can be because we're leaving early. But I can't wait till, yeah. till, till I check my phone. Oh, Red Sox lineup's in. Let's see. Verdugo batting leadoff. I've been on this hype train now for three and a half weeks. And I'm sticking on it. So next up, before you, you, before, you might be ten dollars richer if that if that's the case. <laughs> We're gonna be sitting there talking plenty more about Verdugo later, but let's talk about Yoshida. That man was amazing. The WBC. So Anthony, I'll let you start it off. Yeah, I, I mean, I I was one of the people when we signed him. 
there was a lot of criticism, right? There was a lot of people saying we overpaid. There was a lot of Red Sox fans because they were upset, you know, with the whole Bogarts and everything else that they kind of took it out on him as, oh, this, you signed this guy. He's unproven. We don't know what he's going to be. He's coming over from Japan. I'm, I'm hearing things. The ball's smaller. He can't play left. He does this, that, the other thing. I heard all this stuff from Red Sox fans on Twitter, no less. Not to mention the rumors around the league about how a lot of people in front offices think we overpaid. Well, guess what? What I said at the time, I said, you know what? The Red Sox have been scouting this guy. They've been high on this guy. They've wanted this guy for a long time. He was available. They went out and they got him. They got their guy. I trust their evaluation on this. And I like Japanese ballplayers in general. So now that I've got actually got a chance to see this guy play against on, on the top stage already, he was phenomenal. I mean, that home run he hit, you talk about clutch. <laughs> you talk about a clutch home run, okay? He dropped the barrel, okay? And he, it was almost like he was trying to hit that home run. Like it was, you know what I'm saying? It was almost like it was so powerful to, to, to just where that pitch was to just drop the barrel and bring it right down the right field line like that. Just, it, it showed so much skill. I think a lot of people just say, oh, it's a home run. No, that home run was really special. That was a special home run, the way he dropped the bat on that inside, inside pitch. And, man, this guy's legit. He kind of reminds me a lot of Hideki Matsui. Uh, I think that's the closest comp I see. And uh, I think he, he – and the other thing is he hit bombs off – these guys were left-handed pitchers. So guess what? There's no bringing in lefties against him. Not not to say he you not to say he's gonna you know tear it up like against every lefty, but I'm just saying he's not a guy you have to worry about hitting left-handed pitching, right? And uh, so it, everything just went up on him, right? So like the contract now looks great. Nobody's talking about that. He looks pretty good in the outfield, hitting everything, dude. This guy is the man. Okay, he's so important for us. Yeah, that home run you're talking about, I love uh, David Ortiz broke it down. And he, where that ball was pinpointed and where he hit it, Ortiz flat out said that that was well, that wasn't even a hittable ball, let alone a home run ball. And he made it look easy when he did it. Like, it, it was a video game-esque. And, and no, DC, we're not going to talk about uh, you shutting me out on MLB The Show. But uh man. oh damn, you guys got MLB the show on PlayStation 5? Uh, no, but we got it on Xbox, but it's cross platform. Okay, I'm gonna have to jump on that. I'm on, I'm on old gen though for right now. I gotta, I'm gonna That's get cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, you guys we can play on, each other. Uh, we jumped on you there, night. What were you who's where you get one of you guys, the Red Sox? Uh, no, we did a Diamond Dynasty. Yeah, we, we do oh, Diamond Dynasty, right? 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 It's like a fantasy squad almost. Yeah, I waxed that ass. Ultimate, <laughs> ultimate team kind of thing. Oh, you <laughs> who's your best player? Who's your who's who was your first pick? Was it Pedro? Uh, no, no it, it's just random cards you get in a pack. Okay, so I, I did it one. Year, I did it one year, and they gave me like a choice of like five picks, and I had like Pedro and like Bob Gibson and like Jackie Robinson or something. I didn't know Ryan if you was, start uh, out your team. So they like they they offered you. So we paid for like the early access. So it comes out in like the twenty eighth, but we got the twenty fourth. And you get like two choice gold packs of gold players that are like lower 80s. I got Devers in mine. And then I took Tony Gonsolin in my other gold pack. Yeah. But that's like, that's as good as they really are in the beginning. Unfortunately, I I got Derek Jeter. That was horrible. Well, he's a a Hall of Famer. 
Oh no! This was seventy-three, you know, bronze card. It was horrible. But but now, baby, I got I got me so I got me Yoshida. So that's my power yeah, order right there. But yeah, uh, hey, not to get off topic, but uh, I'll uh, I'll touch on Yoshida a little bit. Yeah, that home run was awesome to see. Um, it just shows how quick his hands are, man. He gets that, those hands of the ball really fast. Um, and then he have a walk off home run in the Japanese World Series in the fall. So it's just good to see yeah. that he comes up, comes up clutch in those moments. Um, I mean, they're two of the biggest moments in his career, probably. And he's, he's making big hits late in the game. So I'm excited to see that. Just hope he can continue this momentum, which I think he will. I, uh, I was, I was excited for the signing at first. I mean, obviously the Bogarts kind of, you know, dampered it a little bit, but, uh, I mean, after that wore off, I, I'm excited, man. I, I picked him up in my, my fantasy league for my one keeper. Um, you're, you're welcome. Yeah, I, I had to go. I had to ask you for some advice on that one to make sure I wasn't overthinking it. But yeah, man, I, uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. Well, here's the thing he too. In the big moment. Here's the thing too. I don't know about you, but like my personal projections have increased for him, right? Oh, so I sure. went, I went from thinking he was maybe like a 280, 16 home run, 18 home run guy. Now it wouldn't put, I wouldn't put it past him to hit close to 300 and hit over 20 homers, 100 RBIs at all. That wouldn't shock me one bit. Whereas I wasn't putting that projection on him because I thought that was a little high for basically a rookie to, to the majors. Now, after seeing him play in the WBC, no, nah, dude, he, this guy's legit. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and, he's a monster. And, and, and everybody talking about, you know, uh, man, we overpaid. Dude, for some reason, this Red Sox organization, they do their scouting on international talent very well. You know, we scouted Devers very young. Uh, I didn't know until a couple days ago that when we went down and uh, scouted Xander Bogarts when he was 16, Xander Bogarts wasn't even supposed to play. His mom kept him home with chicken pox. But then she, she let him play, and that's how we got to see him. Like, we know talent when we when it's out there on the international, and we thrive there. So it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, they, they've they've done a good job with that. Yeah. So, man, next topic up. Anthony's gonna be one of your favorites. The bullpen. Man, we were sitting there talking on episode one before you came on, Anthony, and joined us. Man, that was our sure thing. Like, like well, we were talking how we had we, – we build from the back forward. Kenley Jansen was our closer. Martin was in eighth inning, maybe seven, eighth inning. You know, uh, you had Rodriguez back there. You had Shri uh, Schreiber back there. It's like, Kelly, okay, you know, we had a good solid bullpen. Now everybody was worried about the starters health-wise, you know, injuries, now, here we are, seven episodes later, and our starting pitching looks great, healthy, and it's ready to go for the season. And now our bullpen is in shambles. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it went from being our biggest strength to now maybe our biggest weakness. It's that simple. Um, I... You know, wasn't on the first episode, but I've been saying all off season. This is the biggest thing, like improving the bullpen. We had 27, 28 blown saves last year. We really haven't had a closer since Kimbrel, right? We had Brandon Workman 
for kind of a little bit. Matt Barnes, like we haven't really had a legit closer since Craig Kimbrell. That's what, five years ago, four or five years ago, whatever. Mm-hmm. We blew 27 or 28 games last year. Okay. And part of that is the offense not coming through clutch as well. But when you're, when you're blowing 27, 28 games, and then you're missing the playoffs by like seven or eight, that's cause and effect. And I thought we'd shored that up. I thought we were going to, we we're going to gain, you know, eight to 10 games just from our bullpen alone. Now, dude, Schreiber is, a, it, 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 he came out of nowhere last year, had a monster year. It's hard to ask somebody to repeat that, right? Brazier, everybody knows is volatile. Okay. Now you got Jansen came out of that game the other night. It was a little bit of a scare. People say he's dehydrated. Okay. But the game sped up this year, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's less warm up pitches, less time in between pitches. That's going to put a toll on somebody like him. Big dude. Who, who's one of the slowest workers normally in baseball. Thank God we got Chris Martin. He looks great. But I'm telling you right now, if you're not worried about this bullpen, Jolie Rodriguez is out. Now we got Mills out. Now we got this guy. We don't know who we're going to put in. You know what I mean? We're, oh, So Zach Kelly and Winkowski are going to be in the bullpen to start the year. We don't know about Sheriff. We don't know. I mean, it's just, it's it went, it's, it doesn't look nearly as good as it did a month ago. Already. And not to mention, if you know anything about Cora and the Red Sox, Alex Cora continues every season to burn through his bullpen like it's a pack of camel lights. That's the bottom line. This guy, if he only has two or three good pitchers in the bullpen, you can bank on the fact they're going to be worn down by probably July, okay, because he's going to overuse them. So I am. if you're not concerned with this bullpen, you don't really know the Red Sox. Yeah, I'm definitely concerned – not maybe concerned to a point of uh, trading to get a reliever. Uh, I sit there and think by what? I think 14 days uh, they're predicting uh, Whitlock to be back. So that there, I easily sit there and say, put Whitlock in, in the start. Let Hulk go back into uh, middle re- middle relief. Like, cause I'm not really, I'm not sold on Hulk being a starter still like a hundred percent. I'm not sold. So that could give us a little, a little help. Uh, do we sit there and need to bring 13, uh, really 13 pitchers into the start of the season? Yeah, can we, no, you, can, you will. Can, can we get by Guaranteed. on 12, no. for, you know, with two days off as it, it's, 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 no, t- they'll definitely have right 13. Now. They'll definitely have 13. No matter what, any time, any maximum allowance of pitchers, they're always going to utilize that. Just like they did last year, they're going to do it again. If, if they can fit 13, they'll put 13. If they can put 14, they'll put 14. I don't know if that was a rule a couple of years ago where they had to start the year, you had two extra roster spots for something with COVID. I have no yeah. idea. But maybe it's gone this year. I don't know. But they're always going to maximize the amount of pitchers and, and max that out. Um, I do think Houck's a great starter. I think it's Crawford who goes to the bullpen, not Houck. And I actually think I have a hot take. I think Brian Bayo could be this year's Garrett Whitlock. Why not? He came out of the bullpen in spring training, two innings, shut him down. Imagine having a guy like Brian Bayo as like a Mariano Rivera type from 96, a guy who can come in mm-hmm. just like a Whitlock did a couple of years ago and give you two or three nasty innings out of the bullpen. I don't know. He's probably going to be a starter. I'm just saying one of those guys is going to be in the bullpen. That's for sure. Which one? We don't know yet. It probably will be Hulk, but I think Hulk has a chance to earn that job with his first couple of starts, and, I, and I'm looking forward to it. And, and the fact that they gave him the number three starting spot tells you a little something, too. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. could yeah. be Pavetta. Maybe Pavetta goes to the bullpen. There was talks. Uh, I think before all the injuries and starting pitching, that Pavetta was going to be the odd man out to go to the bullpen, and he and he wasn't happy about it. I can't remember who reported that, but Pavetta was was going to be the odd man out or rumored to be the odd person out from that rotation. If Pavetta's going against Kansas City, he's probably going to dominate, right? Like, in other words, if he's going against a bad team, he does well. As soon as he goes against good teams, he gets he gets his lips ripped off. That's a that's a trend. Mm-hmm. So, uh, DC, well, what are your thoughts on the, on the bullpen situation, Coach? Yeah, I mean, what I thought was going to be a strength is going to be something that we definitely have to keep our eye on. Um, it's not looking too hot right now. Schweiber is getting destroyed. Um, before yesterday, I mean, today when he pitched, he had uh, six runs and eight hits allowed in like eight innings, I believe. Um, Brazier, he continues to serve up a couple home runs like he has already has. I mean, he lives by he lives for giving up home runs, man. I swear to God, I look up at the screen, and you look away, and Brazier is pitching. You look up, the ball is going over the left field wall. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a little nervous, and with Chris Martin, I mean, I think he's a beast, but. Can you count on him to be a closer if Jansen goes down? You have the irregular heartbeat, the little scare that just happened. Um, I'm with uh, Anthony. At first, I wasn't too sold on uh, Hauk, but if I'm going to pick either Hauk or Pavetta to go to the bullpen, I'm taking Hauk to stay in the rotation and put Pavetta in there. I like Pavetta, you know, in the past few years. You know, two years ago in the playoffs, he was big for us. He's just not consistent. So um, I, I do think Hauk does have a chance to, to step it up and, uh, and earn that spot. Then when you have Paxton and um, and Whitlock come back, Crawford either what back to AAA or bullpen or he'll be in the bullpen for sure. Yeah, bullpen. And then, I love uh, Crawford. I really like Crawford. Oh, I'm a big fan of him. And he, you know, as like as like a, a, like a multi inning. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Multi inning reliever, um, spot starter, just a long reliever, just a guy you want on the rotate on on the staff for sure. Yeah. He's a I gamer. just don't want to have a, a repeat of last year. I mean, I think it was like the first month and a half we blew nine or ten games that we that we should have won, and that could have changed the whole landscape of the season. You know what I mean? Um, I just don't want to go down that path. Hopefully, we could just get through the these lumps and bruises for the first couple of weeks and uh, kind of get stabilized and back to normal. But yeah, it's definitely a concern. Um, it's been on my mind for the past couple of days. And even Rodriguez, before he got hurt, I think he had like close to a 17 ERA. Small sample size, don't get me wrong. But uh, I mean, there the signs were there even before he got hurt. Plus, we got Caleb Ort getting completely destroyed, right? He's like, everybody just knows he's going to be out of a job, right? I mean, how can we continue to keep Caleb Ort on the 40-man roster when we need to open up spots for Alfaro and Tapia? So now, it, in other words, you got all these injuries and, and you release Caleb Ort. You're, you're stretching yourself thin now. Because guess what? If you already have, if, if if you're going to replace and Josh, you talked about this last week or two weeks ago. Generally, when you when you re- release a pitcher, you replace them with a pitcher, right? Mm-hmm. If you're taking off two pitchers to get on two hitters, that stretches your staff so thin right now. So, it, right now, health in bullpen. There's health like not wanting to like rush Whitlock and Bayo back in there right and count on them too much early in the season when we could take it a little slower that and just all the injuries chris sale paxton we got guys that are older we got all sorts of question marks and you know just it's it's an issue right now man it's very concerning yeah uh definitely oh, yeah. But, but man it says it's it's crazy like we're not 
like you brought, mentioned with Tapia, Tapia and Alfaro are going to probably make make the roster. So they we sit there and we worry about who's getting taken off. Like Ort's probably gone, but then we had no one to replace him. So you got to count on people in the IL, but they're only going to be out for less than two weeks, except minus Paxton and possibly uh, Mondesi. So it, it's our bullpen is going to sit there and hope that our starters can go at least six innings. Right. And, and so what I we, you mentioned earlier, you don't want to make a trade. I brought this up on Twitter. Why wouldn't you be looking to ship Alex Verdugo right now? while he still has value and get make a baseball trade for a legit relief pitcher. Okay. Because I want somebody, if I'm not sure about Schreiber right now, right. What do we talk about too? When I'm defending Brazier, I said, one of the keys with Brazier is he's not going to be in a high leverage role. Well, guess what? That's changed. Now you might be using Brian Brazier as a setup guy early in the season. That's, that's scary. I wanted Brazier in the fifth, sixth inning, right? Not in the friggin' eighth, seventh or eighth. So to me, they w- right now, you could use Tapia and Ref Schneider in right field and be just as good as you are now. You wouldn't even drop a beat. You would not miss Verdugo, okay? Tapia and Ref Schneider can handle right field. you got Duran as a backup, and then you've got Kike, who can play out there as well, especially when we get Mondesi and then maybe Story back. So to me, you have an extra body in the outfield anyway. Why not cash in on that and improve our bullpen, which is really weak? You make a good point. I I, I seen someone out uh, was men- mentioning. I can't remember the relief pitcher from the Phillies, but as soon as uh, Hoskins went down, someone was someone's like, "Hey, get Dombrowski on the phone. Trade Dahl back for w- one of their uh, one of their bullpen guys." But uh, I, well, I, I, I don't think we can trade Bobby Dahlbeck right now because we, he's playing shortstop for us. Yeah. Because uh, a Chang, the Chang had problems getting his, with his visa coming back over. Right, but what? Either way, so in other words, you've got Casas, uh, Devers, Hernandez. You got all these guys. Who's the backup? Yeah. So, so in other words, Bobby Dahlbeck can actually be a valuable piece for you as as a backup in my eyes. I, so I wouldn't really want to rush to trade Bobby Dahlbeck right now. He's a key piece. He looks yeah. good as short man. Hey, hey, he looked comfortable. He made a great play today. And the funny part is it's really, it's really weird. A guy that big, you know, being agile at shortstop, like, man, like you you see guys, his size, first base guaranteed third base. Okay. But man, to go and see him move the way he does and without hesitation and with comfort making plays at shortstop all of a sudden man it's like wait a minute here well where did this come from and we know he's got the power yeah he's got a phenomenal arm he was a great pitcher in college and growing up he's got a cannon for an arm over there he's got a he's got great power he's too valuable to move right now i would not move bobby Dahlbeck because of all of our depth concerns and he can mm-hmm. fill in so many spots what if devers what if somebody or Devers or Casas went on the 15-day DL with a hamstring or whatever whatever it might be? What if they just got a little dinged up? You bring mm-hmm. up Dahlbeck. Perfect. You know what I mean? It's like I like that security blanket of having Bobby, Bobby Dahlbeck as a backup. 
oh, and, for, the, and don't, for this team. And don't forget Justin Turner's on the team too. They all, who all, can also play the corners, you know. So it's it's easy, you know. We we can't we can't trade Bobby now. Yeah. Look, like okay, if we trade him, we we his value is a little bit higher now because he showed he can he can sit there and play uh, major league baseball shortstop. But we can't afford it right now, especially with all the infield uh, problems we have. Right. I mean, listen, if you're going to give me a really good relief pitcher for him, that's different. I'm mm-hmm. expecting – I'm not expecting that much in a trade. Now, if you're going to tell me I can get a guy, a legit back end of the bullpen guy for Bobby Dahlbeck, that's different. Maybe I'd mm-hmm. consider that. But I'm not just getting rid of Bobby Dahlbeck just to clear up a roster spot, right? Not doing that. No. He's too valuable, bro. Like you said, dude, he looks good at shortstop. So, man, bullpen, we got a couple days – Hopefully, uh, Heim Bloom figures things out. By the uh, way, do we even know who's officially in the bullpen? Is Are they going to bring in Sheriff? So, in other words, I know Zach Kelly and Josh Winkowski are in. Yeah. But is there a final spot? Is it going to go to, like, Sheriff or There's as Mosqueda? Far as, as far as I know, Heim didn't sit there and make any announcements on that whatsoever yet. Okay. So, Just a little bit of a question mark. But uh, an- another quick topic that we're all for, Alfaro went and made the made the the first move and he sit there and said you got to tell me because if not they can he can get the option to have any other team call him now and play like and get traded what's the deadline uh, I think it's Tuesday. Was it the 28th? Okay, yeah. yeah. So so we have two days. This is a foregone conclusion. There is no way in hell we can we cannot have him on our roster. We have to have Alfaro. First of all, the guy's a stud. He's a low key stud, right? He's very he's a very good athlete, right? He might not be the best defender, but we're working on that. He's got ridiculous power. He's very likable. This is a foregone conclusion, bro. I'm not even worried about it. He is on our roster. There should be riots if we lose this guy. Yeah. DC, what are your thoughts on on Alfaro? Do you think uh, we should take the phone calls or, you know, let him be on the uh, 40-man roster? I think we uh, put him on our roster. I think he's he's played great through spring training. Uh, he's a just – I mean, he's just a shot of energy that we need. Uh, he just – he's been performing. Granted, his defense is a little is a little shoddy, but as a backup, I'm not too worried about it as long as you're producing at the plate. I, I there's no way that you can't break camp with Alfaro as your backup catcher. There's absolutely no way. I, I would be completely perplexed if that were to happen. So, so listen, I just want to point this out too. I was I'm working on a tweet. I was going to do it earlier. I took a screenshot here. Let me let me throw these numbers at you guys. This was our catching offensive catching last year. Okay. Oh yeah. So yeah, I seen we, that. Right. So our total team catching last year, we hit 259, 10 homers, 65 RBIs with a 694 OPS. I mean, are you kidding me? First of all, you look at our team splits, every position sucked. Other than, you know, obviously third base was good. Nothing's changed there. Shortstop and second were okay. But every other position was 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 a failure. Every other position on the field. Every outfield spot sucked. DH sucked. Catcher sucked. First base sucked. Okay, so are you kidding me? Between Alfaro and, and McGuire and Wong, 
we're going to blow these numbers out of the water this year with our catching. It's so much better than it was last year. And people don't realize that. Okay. We had, we've added 259, 10 homers, 65 ribbies with a 694 OPS. That sucks. Okay. Yes. And now we've, we've got a really gr- good group of catchers. I'm excited about it. So we, yeah, I mean, that it, it, it's a no brainer, dude. Alfaro is on the roster. I haven't, Wong hasn't even come back yet. We, he has to be on the roster. The question now is he's going to start finagling. This is why you get Heim Bloom, because, you know, he's going to finagle the end of the roster, open up those roster spots, figure out what's best for the team. And, and I trust him to make those decisions until he completely fails. And, and then I'm ready to get rid of him like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Don't lose Alfaro or I'll be on the, uh, the Heim Bloom yeah. hate train with everybody else. Because the other thing is it was such a great move to get him. They signed him, and it was such a brilliant move to get Alfaro. You don't squander that now when you need him the most. It just wouldn't make sense. So he, he's on there. You can pretty much write it in stone. And, and not only that, Wong has options to, to go down the triple A. Exactly. So, man, exactly. You use him until, until you know, you, you need him to bring him up. So, but, man, yeah. my man George Sutherland, as soon as last week's episode dropped, he was in my DMs. He's like, love the episode. I love, I love your take on on uh, Turner. He was, he was all for the bandwagon. He kept hyping me up for the next two days. We got to get a T-shirt made. Throw some dirt on it. So, yeah, man. George, George is George is really, really cool guy. Uh, I like, I like him a lot. And he's going to be joining us on opening day, right? Yeah, he's he's going to be one of the one of the ten. He does a little blog. He does a yeah. blog, uh, pundit of the pesky pole or something like that. Yeah, but man, he seems like a really good dude. Yeah, he is. Justin Turner, since he came back from throwing a little dirt on that, he's been lighting it up. First at bat, he 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 got a nice little single, and man, he he just continues to just keep going, keep plugging away, and with a smile on his face, doing it. And, and, and I noticed, I don't know if you guys noticed the games when you're watching them, like Chris Sale today when they interviewed him, when he coming off the mound, he had a smile on his face. You know, Alfaro, big smile. Devers is always, always smiling. Like, man, th- this is a team that is happy to be playing baseball. And Justin Turner is doing something that I don't see too many people being able to do. Two weeks later, coming back and playing Major League Baseball. What a rallying cry. What a rally. What wait? I mean, just if you don't want to get behind this guy, I mean, talk about a leader. This guy has got balls of steel. He's a great leader. You saw, I, we saw those, that photo, you know, mm-hmm. obviously it went around. And, uh, you know, that, I, that was much worse than I had realized. I didn't realize. So it really kind of got him right here almost on the mouth yeah and uh you know you know just you know nasty injury swollen obviously all the stitches it was nasty this guy's back in there he's such a gamer we knew he was a gamer anyway now dude he's beloved he's already one of us like he's already ingratiated himself amongst the fan base and talk about I've talked about his reverse splits. He can handle anybody. He's batting behind Devers. I think this guy's gonna have a great year. I really do. I'm actually getting higher and higher, just like Yoshida. I'm getting higher on Turner as well. So where I said before, maybe 270, 280, it wouldn't surprise me if he hit 290, maybe 300. 
it wouldn't surprise me if he had 20 home runs. I'm gaining confidence in a lot of these hitters. Yeah, DC, what are your thoughts on Turner coming back and looking good since he's been back? It's awesome to see. Um, yeah, like we said, when it happened, you know, when he, when he came back and got back to camp, it's kind of like a rallying cry. How can you not respect the hell out of the guy, man? Um, you have a guy like that in your corner, you got to feel pretty good. And he's doing well. He's still he, he's hitting 381, um, 1.06 OPS in spring training. And he's what I'm glad to see is him being comfortable at the plate after getting hit in the face. Because like Anthony said, that that photo was pretty gruesome. Um, I mean, he took a shot and it was a lot worse than I thought. Obviously, it, it looked very bad, but seeing a picture kind of kind of justifies a little bit more. Um, yeah, just I'm excited for him, dude. I, I I think he's a baller. I think he he has what it, what he you know what it needs or what you have to have to play in Boston. And like Anthony said as well, you know he already kind of is a fan favorite. I mean, he hasn't even broken camp yet and he missed two weeks with the, you know, 16 stitches. So I don't know. I'm glad to have a guy like that on our squad. I think he's going to pick us up in a lot of moments throughout the season when we need that leadership with him and Kike. Um, but yeah, man, stoked to have him. Glad that he's back on the field and glad that he's playing well. Cause that's the main thing is just the mental aspect, but a vet like that, I, I was a little worried, but not too much. Yeah, definitely. Like Turner, and Kike, like, I loved when they signed Justin Turner. Everyone's like, oh, man, you, you could have got J.D. to re-sign for the same amount. Dude, I I personally was like, I loved J.D. when he was here. I loved him when he was here. But he's been getting worse and worse. His stats been getting worse every year since 2018. Uh, not only that, you couldn't play him in the outfield. So he was stuck at D.H. So you couldn't move around at all. But with Justin Turner, he plays first, he plays third, he plays DH. You, you can give uh, Cassis, you can give uh, Devers time off from the field, put him at DH, and, and let Turner get out there. So I think Justin Turner was a complete upgrade over J.D. Martinez last year. 100%. I mean, and, and he's got such a low bar to clear, right? What did J.D. Martinez do last year? Like, you know, 14 homers, 62 RBIs. He hit like 260. He was one of the worst clutch hitters in, in, that I've ever seen. Um, yeah, he was straight trash the last four He was horrible. Oh, he was terrible. He was terrible. And like uh, Josh said, he's been going down every year since 18. And, um, you know, it, it's it was time. It should have been – they should have got rid of him the year before and kept Schwarber, obviously. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, but like I love Schwarber. Everybody does. I, don't, I still don't understand how they let him go and kept J.D. Martinez, but – I agree with you 100%. It's an upgrade. I've been saying this all offseason. We're upgrading at DH, not downgrading. We're upgrading big time, actually. Yeah. And on a lot of levels, leadership, hitting, fielding, just go down the line. Like, it's just a much better player. And yeah. he's cheaper, too. He's, exactly. he's only making like $8 million. I mean, it's a steal. What a bargain. So, so exactly, yeah. man. I, I love Turner coming back. I can't wait. I already talked to Sox Addict about getting a shirt made. Throw some dirt on it. Man, George just pumped me up so much. I I had to sit there and reach out to try to get a shirt made for this. But, uh, man, we got the rotation is set. Alex Corbin made the, made the calls. Kluber's opening day. Sale gets the two spot. Halk gets three. Crawford four. Pavetta five. Winkowski is in long relief. We touched base on it a little bit earlier with Winkowski. 
Uh, guys, what are your thoughts on the starting rotation starting the season? Are you comfortable with it? Uh, would you rearrange them at all? DC, let's start with you. Pretty good with it. I mean, we've kind of hammered this in a little bit. I mean, I, my my opinion really hasn't changed. I mean, I do want to highlight something that Anthony mentioned a little bit, a little, a little bit, or sorry, a little bit ago about how it does. It has to say something that he's marked as a number three starter. Um, kind of just shows that the ball is in his court. So uh, I'm I'm not too worried about the starting rotation. I'm pretty stoked for it. You got Whitlock doing a rehab on March 30th, and he'll be back. You know, first week of the season, if not the second. Um, then. Paxton will be back what end of April, beginning of May. Mm-hmm. I uh, I'm I'm happy with it, and I I think Hawk does have a chance to you know take that job and send Pavetta and uh, um, Crawford to the bullpen like we mentioned a little bit ago. But um, I'm not too worried. I think Sale's going to have a great year. I, I think his last start was a little bit of a hiccup. You know that happens in baseball. Um, Kluber, I don't mean to steal uh, Anthony's thunder, but he's just so stoic, man. He just nothing bothers him. And I'm excited to have a vet to go out there, kind of set the, set the pace for us and, uh, you know, be that example that we need on opening day. Yeah. I, I loved when sale came off and they interviewed him. The only thing that, that he closed with that it was epic. I just, I just want to make it home safe. And, and taking it, taking over buddy, you know, and, and that's great. You know, cause man, sale, Man, his kids better pick up all their toys and everything because we don't need him going down for the slightest hiccup, you know, this season. Uh, man, Anthony, well, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I mean, um, you know, without being the three spot, you know, it kind of at least gives you the idea that, like, his turn's going to come faster. So, in other words, they want they want to give Tanner Houck at least two, maybe three starts at the beginning of the year to kind of prove himself and see. Okay. And the thing is, you're seeing a lot of guys pitch good for like three, four innings. We saw that with Hulk. We've seen it with Sale. And then it, they kind of lose it in like the fifth, sixth as they're stretching out a little bit. So that's pretty normal. I'm not too concerned with that. I thought Sale looked really good today. I mean, I, I honestly, he had pop on his fastball. He had command. I thought his slider looked nasty as usual. He didn't really feature the changeup too much today. So I want to make sure he keeps that three pitch mix. It just makes him that that much more devastating, and uh, keeps people, you know, just off his other pitches. And um, but no, I feel actually pretty good about it. I mean, you know, the stoic Corey Kluber, solid guy. You know what? He's very predictable. He's going to give you that solid start. Then you got Sale, um, Pavetta also as a you know most likely Pavetta stays in the rotation because he's proven he can he can go and pitch innings. But if if he I, I just feel like I want the best five guys. I've said it all offseason. I don't care who it is. If Pavetta's one of those five, fine. If it's Hauk, fine. If it's Bayo, Whitlock, fine. I want the best five starting pitchers we can possibly manage to put out there. So, you know, these guys, the first couple of starts, have a little chance to maybe earn a spot. Maybe it's a competition between those three guys. Maybe, you know, same thing with Winkowski. You know, who's going to be our long reliever in the bullpen? Is it going to be Winkowski or Crawford? Maybe one of them goes to AAA to start and, and, and stay start, you know, stay stretched out down there. And one of them is going to be more of a bullpen guy who's got, you know, that that jump on that spot. So, um, yeah, I mean, the starting pitching set and I'm good with it. You got Kluber, Sale, and then you got a bunch of other, you know, especially young pitchers who I want to develop. Yeah. Uh, question for both of you guys. Say say Hauk or Pavetta or both of them are struggling after two starts. 
and your AC, do you, do you try to give Winkowski a spot start just to see uh, see how he's doing? and Or do you sit there and just let him try to work their mechanics out until we get uh, Whitlock and Bayo back? I would stick with him. I wouldn't I wouldn't panic after two starts. I would probably uh, just try to bridge that gap. Maybe after three or four starts, you start to kind of maybe think about making a change. But the first two, even I would even say three to four is a little too too early for me. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bayo and Whitlock are coming back, right? And and so you know, basically, um, I I don't see Winkowski starting. Um, you know, um, I think if any if if Tanner Houck proves that he's not quite ready to be a starter and he's not ready to go and he can't go more than five innings or whatever. Okay. He might go to the bullpen and there comes Whitlock and Bayo, but it's going to be him and, and Crawford coming out. You know what I mean? So right now it's Crawford is going to come out for sure. He's not going to stick, stick in over the other guys. And the question is who's the other guy that's going to come out. Okay. We got Hulk, Whitlock, Bayo, and then Pavetta. You know, is there a reason why they put Pavetta in the five spot? Maybe they feel like, you know what, he's going to be part of the rotation, so just put him fifth. I don't know what the thought process is, but um, it's definitely on Hauk. Hauk is the key here. If Hauk dominates early in the season and shows that he should be in the starting rotation, that's when you have the tough decision to make. If Hauk sucks, he's just going to go to the bullpen anyway, regardless. So, yeah, uh, we don't have that much further to, to see. Four more days. Four more days, opening day, man. So, uh, guys, we're gonna sit there and uh, we got we got some questions. So let's uh, let's get right, let's jump right into them. Aiden King asked us, "What under the radar Sox player do you think will surprise people with an awesome year?" So, DC, let's start with you. This one was tough. I uh, I kind of battled back and forth who I wanted to pick. Um. I'm going to go with our boy Reese McGuire, to be honest with you. I think uh, having a, having him a far behind him playing as well as he is might light a you know a fire under his ass. And he didn't do bad for us offensively last year. Um, I think he comes out as a solid year for us uh, catching you know offensively, and hopefully you know raises that line that uh, Anthony was talking about the 259, 10 home runs, and what like 60 RBIs or something like that. If I had to pick, I would say Reese McGuire. Um, I could see Tapia or even Mondesi having, you know, a, a surprise year, especially if, I mean, if Santa comes early and somehow Verdugo gets bumped off and Tapia gets some more time, you know, and, you know, that, I do like that Tapia and Ref Snyder idea. That's, I never even really thought about that. Um, but I'm going to go Reese McGuire if I had to choose just kind of out of a uh, lack of time and um, being indecisive. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony? Yeah, uh, Aiden. Uh, I got. I, I was. I was dealing with him on Twitter today. He unfollowed me because a lot of these Red Sox fans are so sensitive, they can't take reality. So guess what, Aiden? It, it ain't gonna be Alex Verdugo. That's for sure. That ain't gonna be your guy. Okay. So who I'm looking at is, I would have to say Christian Arroyo. Right. Um, a lot of people question whether he can stay healthy. Um, and, and what he's going to, going to bring. Um, I think he's actually a very good hitter. One of the better hitters on the team from the right side. Um, I've kind of advocated for him being sort of a fifth or sixth hitter because I like a guy 
in that spot who can handle the bat and hit, not somebody like Adam Duvall who's going to strike out and whiff when I got guys on base. Because I'm going to have Yoshida. You're talking about hitting behind Devers, Turner, and Yoshida. That's a key spot. You want somebody who can hit, drive in runs, not somebody who's going to be, you know, like Duvall could hit a bomb every once in a while, but is going to strike out and just, you know, hit into double plays and just so – I think Arroyo could be a good fifth, sixth hitter, but they're not going to use him like that. But I think would it shock anybody if he's a 280 to 290 hitter with 15 plus home runs? It wouldn't shock me. I think he's going to stay healthy playing second base, and I think he's going to really show out this year. And of course, I, I can't obviously not mention my boy Tanner Houck, who, by the way, will dominate his first couple of starts, will earn his job in the starting rotation, and he will be potentially the best pitcher on our staff, as I've said all offseason, because I love Tanner Houck, and I think that's how good he is. Man, Anthony, oh, yeah. uh, well, you you stole my 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 top pick, so I'm not going to follow up with that with with a Christian Arroyo. Uh, I saw I'm, your facial reaction. I, I knew know. you picked it. I knew you were going to take. I it. didn't know if you were basically saying like you didn't like the pick, so you're saying no. I stole your pick. I'm sorry. No, it, it's it, hey, it's good. It's good. Hey, we're talent, on the same page. Brilliant minds think alike. Talent recognized. Finally, on the talent. same page. I wish you'd get on the same page with Verdugo. Sorry, Josh. But uh, if if I okay. You took Arroyo. You took Reese McGuire. I don't want to take Arroyo now because you already did. So I'm going to throw in Bobby Dahlbeck is going wow. to be our utility player from the bench. He is going to finally put those pieces together, and he's going to get all that extra playing time because he's willing to do whatever it takes to play whatever position it takes. He looks better at shortstop sometimes – than Xander did. No, no, no. We're not going to say that. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, guys. Just kidding. But no, no. He, he looks trigger warning. He he looks comfortable, and he's gonna. That's just another position, more playing time for him to get. And I think he's going to be that sneaky utility guy that we have coming off the bench. And I think he puts it all together this year. Bobby Dahlbeck, Throbby D. It's going to be my pick. I love that pick, dude. I love because I'm I'm one of the biggest Bobby Dahlbeck fans. I'm like one of his biggest defenders, and if that happened, I would be so happy because I just I I like his attitude. I like his play style, and he has a ton of talent. So if if that happens, I would be so happy because he could be a very very. I've been saying this all off season. He could be extremely valuable bench bat. I was just surprised how good Yu Chang was in the WBC. So it kind of like changed the equation a little bit. Um, so maybe Bobby starts in Worcester, but dude, great. It's a great pick. And, and, and I'm always rooting for Bobby, always rooting for Bobby. Cause he's a good kid. Yeah. He's, he's one of those, those Red Sox players that, that people would just fall in love with. And, and you, you, you've got to ride or die with him now. And bro, the power is insane. Did you see the bomb he hit? Dude, the guy has so much power potential. <laughs> it's like if we could just get this guy on track and get him hit contact and, and, and just plate approach, the sort of mm -hmm. his, his approach at the plate down and get more contact and less watching 92-mile-an-hour fastballs down the middle on strike three. Like, holy crap, dude, the potential is there. This guy can rake. We saw what he did in August a couple years ago. The guy absolutely put the team on his back and was hitting bomb after bomb after like bomb. Oh, more than that, dude. Dude, his stretch, he had like a three-week stretch, dude. It was He was the best hitter in baseball. In the major leagues here, we're not talking about COVID year or Worcester. This guy was dominant 
for like a month in the major leagues. I'm sorry, in the AL East, okay? He's got talent. People want to crap on Bobby Dahlbeck just like they do Ryan Brazier. I'm telling you right now, I love that pick. I am rooting hard for Bobby D for sure. I love Bobby Dahlbeck. So much hey. so much talent, dude. So much power. And, and it's, it's kind of funny, Anthony. You ended up taking my pick, and then my pick ended up being one of your biggest favorite picks. So it's, it's, it's kind of tit for tat there. Yeah. So great, great question there, Aiden. Next up is our man, George Sutherland. He sends us in a question. Do the Sox make a surprise trade before opening day? If so, who is going and who are we getting in return? So, DC, let's start off with you again. So, I'm going to be a little boring on this unless uh, we, we find a way to trade Verdugo or try to get a, a late inning guy. I don't see a trade by opening day, um, to be honest with you. I just don't see it happening. I'd be happy if it did, if we could get rid of a guy like Verdugo, just trying to manifest it. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't see anything happening by, by opening day, unfortunately. Okay, Anthony. Yeah, my guy, my guy, George, great question. Um, yeah, I've been trying to talk this Verdugo trade into existence since we uh, <laughs> for a while now. Um, it makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, but uh, no, I, I think what he was kind of getting at was a trade off the roster. If, I, if I'm if I'm reading George's mind, I'm thinking he's thinking, could we trade somebody off the roster to now open up a roster spot? Um, I don't know. I don't know if we can. Um, I don't know who, who has value. Um, I don't, you know, we need pitching now. So would we, I think the one guy we could move is Alex Verdugo. That's why I suggested that because I've analyzed it and I've decided he literally has zero impact on this team. I can replace him with Tapia and Ref Schneider and there's no problem there whatsoever. I'm not going to lose anything at all. Okay other than some mariachi music at Fenway Park this summer. Okay, that's the only thing I'm really going to lose with Verdugo. Okay, so, you know, will there be a trade? We need a bullpen arm, man. We we really need a bullpen arm, but I'd say no. I'm going to say no. Okay. Because I think you're just going to release Caleb Orton. You're going to put James Paxton on the 60, and I think that's what you're – and then you're going to roll with Winkowski and Kelly in the bullpen. I think that's basically what you're going to do. George? I'm going to sit there and shake up the market. What we're doing here, the mad chemist, Heim Bloom, hindsight, 2020. We're trading Tristan Casas and Rafaela to the Miami Marlins, and we're getting Alicantra. First of all, that would never that, – that is not even close – to what what it would take to trade for him the first any team like any team like the marlins that has an ace like that like it's pedro martinez the first thing they're going to ask for in return is an ace in other words a young so in other words in order to get alcantara you're giving up bayo period end of story you do not get alcantara without trading brian bayo period they're not going to take anything less the first thing they're going to ask for in return for their franchise dominant pitcher is the next franchise dominant pitcher. So if, unless you're coming with Brian Bayo, he's he's not coming. Tristan Casas, and, and I wouldn't do that anyway. I'd rather have Tristan Casas. Um, I'm just a big Tristan Casas fan, so I really don't want to trade him. I mean, obviously Alcantara is nasty, but that's that's a bold one. 
that's 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 one of those like hey let me that's it's one of like my things that i would put on twitter to like troll people and get people talking <laughs> hey uh, i don't want to be boring you know so i had to throw some out there and and i seen something on twitter today that and i had to throw in uh Raffaella because he plays second base the marlins already have five other people that play second base so on their team right so let's just they must like collecting second baseman, so we're gonna get another one. Yeah, but know? dude, so he a lot of people like including Lou Merloni think he's like a gold. He's they they think he's the best defensive center fielder and the best defensive shortstop we have in our organization right now. They think he's that good defensively at both spots. So he's a big piece. I, I'm telling you right now, if you traded Rafaela, Casas, and Bayo, you could get you could probably get Alcantara for that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm gonna not, know. I, I, I'm not really sure though how much how how much control Miami has on, uh, uh, on him. I think he's got at least four years. So, yeah, but George, great question. I, I can't wait to, to hear where you sit there. I have to think of my trade. Yeah. I, I want to talk to George now on opening day and find out what he thinks or yeah. what he was thinking on that question, whether he was thinking add, add or subtract, because mm-hmm. a lot of people know we have to open up 40 spots. Yeah. So people are thinking about taking something off the roster. I'm wondering if he was thinking, like I was thinking, like bullpen help. Like, because <laughs> wake up, our bullpen is pretty sketchy right now. Yeah, yeah it's in shambles. So uh, last question that we got to ask was from Jeff Wax. If you invited Heim Bloom to your house for a dinner party and cannot talk to him about sports, what do you think the conversation would be like? So uh, DC, let's start off with you. You would make me go first in this one. Oh, man. I'll, uh, I'll try to use my right side of the brain for this uh, troll question. Um, I'd probably sit him down, you know, at the table, offer him a beer, talk about life, you know, see how he was doing that day, his goals and aspirations for life. And, yeah, that's probably what I'd do. Ah, not bad. At least you're offering him a little cold beverage. So... Uh... <laughs> Anthony, I was I was thinking when you said that I was like I wonder if he's a beer guy, a wine guy, or like you know maybe you know a cocktail, or maybe he doesn't drink at all. It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't he's even a drink. Cognac, that's what he likes. He looks like a cognac. Uh, yeah, I would not be surprised. I, I see. I can talk to anybody. I, I work. I've been in sales for a long time. I can literally. The first thing, the first rule of sales is to get is, is, is to be successful in sales, is get involved in the drama of people's lives. Okay. It's, 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 in other words, take interest, become their friend, ask them questions. What people want to talk about is themselves, right? Everybody wants to talk about themselves. So you ask open-ended questions and you get involved in people's lives. You know, it's not just, you know, so, so I can talk to anybody about anything and I would love to talk to Bloom because, uh, you know, I would find out what he drinks and I would find out things about him and i'd get a little bit I'd, I'd be asking questions about yale skull and bones i'd get into conspiracy theories i'd get into the economy i, I mean i would just go down the line and just i'd love to get to know Heim bloom because i'd like to know who's running my baseball team you know just from a personal level what type of dude is this what kind of personality does he really have and and uh so i, I would actually uh you know how do you take your steak you know are you a medium rare guy or you know, GTFO. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. you got You got to have a steak medium rare. I'm with you on that one. You have to have it rare. I mean, come on. 
Oh, or, or I mean, some people might like it rare. I don't even know, but you, you need you need that medium rare, bro. If I'm, what if I'm Bloom said, you know, oh, I'll have my well done. I'd be like, dude, get out of here. <laughs> You're not welcome here yeah. anymore. <laughs> what are you, an eight-year-old kid? <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, <laughs> but little things like that, like little personal preferences you can learn about somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, me personally, uh, one, our man Anthony, he's, he's, he's talking to Chris Heinrich. Good friends with him. Heinrich, yep. Well, we're going to try to sit there and see if we can get him on and maybe build the connection. Maybe we can get some contacts. Maybe we can get Heimbloom on. And, and, and we're talking a whole hour to Heim with nothing to do with baseball. I, as as Heimbloom's biggest defender, okay, why wouldn't he want to talk with me? I, I mean, maybe he doesn't want to talk to me because I am his biggest defender. He doesn't want to ruin it. But – I mean, I was literally the biggest def- Heim Bloom defender on the sports up, easily. I mean, it's it's not even close. People accused me of being Heim Bloom. People accused me of being friends with Heim Bloom. I mean, seriously, oh, it's a natural Come connection. Heim. Come on, Heim, where are you at, buddy? Let's talk some. Let's talk some. Uh, let's talk some prospects. Let's talk some, let's talk some mo- money ball. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the other thing is music. Music is the language of life. I, I, yeah. I, I love to know what kind of music people listen to. I love to like get people's reactions to different kind of music and uh, even play some music. I, I write and play music myself. So I would definitely get the music connection going as well with Heim Bloom or yeah. anybody. But me personally, if, if I had Heim coming over for dinner, first off, we're, we're going to talk how much pressure would it take so he breaks? Because I got to find that out. Because just his first his first thing was his first thing that John Henry tells him to do, you gotta trade away our franchise player. And you gotta do it with a smile. Man, that's a lot of pressure. And he hasn't and he hasn't cracked yet. He, you know, so that's one of the biggest things I gotta sit there and talk because a lot of people crack under pressure. And I gotta find out how he doesn't yet. Like the booze at winter weekend which DC and I are going to next year. We're working really hard. We're, we're, we're going to try to get some credentials too. 10 years from now, I want to be Jared Carabas up there talking. That's my goal. But man, just, just to sit there and, and, and see, see that aspect of his mental stability. I've got to know. Well, it's, it's simple too, because, what what did he do at winter weekend? He just basically reiterated everything I said. In other words, he's just speaking the truth. It's to me, it's so easy to just tell the truth. Mm-hmm. If you're wrong, you're wrong, whatever. But if you believe in something, you just speak the truth. You just speak what's on your mind, speak the truth. And I think that's what he did at winter weekend. And a lot of people mocked him for it. Like people said, you know, when he said, hey, we're going to win a championship, not necessarily when, but we're going to win a championship and it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with saying, you know what, we're going to get there. And when we do, everybody's going to be happy. What's wrong with that? It's the truth. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, I'm sure if you go to a winter weekend at the Pittsburgh Pirates, they're telling their people the same thing. They're not believing them, but you know, the, the, the Red Sox fan base, the, the ownership, the GM, the coach, they owe it to the city. John Henry 
since he bought the team, brought four championships. That's the most in, in this century. Absolutely. Also, five last place finishes, though. And, and this is, I was thinking about this today. You know, Heim Bloom, I've made this comparison before. He's almost like a Roger Goodell for Sox ownership. In other words, he's the guy taking the bullets for ownership. Okay. Mm-hmm. Every, all the, all that frustration was really geared towards ownership. And he was the one, like a Secret Service agent for John Henry, you know, standing there in the line of fire taking bullets for ownership when they didn't have good answers to the questions. Heimblum was there protecting ownership, just like Goodell protects the NFL owners. And, and, and I'm going to tell you something, he's done a great job doing that because I guarantee you he's, he's released information. You got to read between the lines. It's not all Bloom's fault people. Okay. He's actually done a pretty damn good job. It's not all his fault. Sox ownership has a, has a bad habit of sticking their nose where it doesn't belong in baseball ops. Okay. And they've ruined a lot of situations because of that feeding the monster, pandering to the fan base and, and, and the media and things like that. They don't like a story. So they go and stick their nose into baseball. Stay out of baseball guys. You write the paychecks. Let us handle the baseball. Okay, that's what I want from John Henry. I don't mind him being an absentee owner. Get out of here. I don't want to see you or hear from you. I don't want you involved in baseball. Just write the checks and let the baseball people win. Yeah, exactly. So, DC, you had me curious. What are you eating? You want to know? I wanted to ask if I didn't want to know. Oh, a little sweet tart. Going old school. Tart. I haven't had one of those in forever. I'm a kid at heart. I'm 32, uh, baby, man. 32 year old baby. But no, but you're. Are you more of like a, a that type of candy person, like like sweet tarts or Starburst or Skittles, like fruity type candy, or do you like? Because I'm more of like a chocolate type person. I'm more of a like fruity, like the kind of stuff like this. I yep. uh, I like chocolate, but I can only have so much of it. I can't really have like a lot of rich stuff. I don't know why. I kind of right. like. I, I just like, like it, I love a Snickers bar. You know what I mean? Like, kind I mean, of simple. Wrong. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll destroy a Snickers bar. Like, right. It's a great, it's wrong, almost like man. a meal. It's almost a meal. They're like, I love Kit Kats. <laughs> Kit Kats, man. Love Kit Kats. Dude, I lo- I, anything chocolate. That's what I'm saying. When I say chocolate, I'm not talking about like a box of chocolates like Forrest Gump. I mean like a Snickers, Heath, <laughs> Heath bar. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, if I had to choose, I'd, I'd go through Almond Joy. Chocolate, but. I love, I love. Yeah. You know what's, you know what, you know what I can get down on? Some nerds. Yo. Dude. I I love nerds. You get a little double pack, two flavors. You're freaking pouring them in. Yeah. I love love anything. uh, Anything sour. I love. Right. Right. They go two flavors. So you got one. Yeah. Yeah. So remember those things, mega warheads. Remember those? Yeah. Those were crazy, dude. We used to do it. We used to go after school and like, they used to have candy stores. They used to have like a penny candy store. You'd go in and you just grab. I mean, it was great. Times have changed, man. I, I do not envy kids these days. I love the time I grew up, grew up in like, you know, late 80s, early. I, like I love the 90s before the Internet, before all the technology. I'm yeah, glad I, I ride right. your bike. Shit like oh, that, dude. Yeah, just, exactly. That's what we talked about, right? Skinning your knee, like flying off the handles. You know, you hit you hit the curb, you fly off your bike, you're skinning your knee, you're, maybe you're concussed. You rub some dirt on it. You go back out there, right? That's what it's all about. Pedals to your shin. Yeah, oh, man. That's how you get tough. These kids yeah. nowadays, oh, my God. 
if, if they can't even handle being in second place, they can't even handle I mean, they can't handle <laughs> anything. They can't handle social interactions. So they, they, yeah. they didn't see the Aaron Boone uh, walk off home run. So no, know. nothing. They didn't Spoiler. see any of it. If, if see, I was thinking about that today too, man. Like, how can you how can you even be a Red Sox fan like taken seriously if you didn't like witness the World Series in 04? Like if you didn't witness so if you so if you weren't born like if you were born after like 95, 96, I don't even know, like late, mid, late 90s, whatever. I mean, you know, it's hard to have that perspective. If you grew up, same thing with the Patriots, man. It's nothing but winning. Yep. You can't grow up in that and be like a normal fan. Mm-hmm. You're going to be spoiled. You're going to be entitled. Man, uh, there was this guy at work, and, and Anthony just did a great transition to our closing. There was a guy at work. I told, hey, guess who we got on the podcast coming on this week? He goes, who? I said, Keith Polk. He's like, who? Now, he's a Yankees fan. And I sit there and said, the guy, 2004 World Series, soft, t- uh, soft toss to the first baseman to end it. He goes, I remember, I know him now because it's so monumental that 04 soft toss right to the first baseman, game over, series over. I can't wait until Wednesday so we can sit and talk to him. Like, and we're going to talk some, we're going to talk some, some, we're going to talk some about 04 World Series, obviously. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk just maybe a little bit of a personal, like, I'd like to know just his journey to kind of the majors, but we want to talk some baseball with Keith Folk as well. Mm-hmm. We're going to really talk some baseball and we're going to tie it in to this year's Red Sox team with a lot of our pitchers who are kind of in between starting and relieving, whether we're talking about specific pitch types, you know, lots of different things, baseball strategy. We're talking about working with Veritech. There's so much to really hit on with Keith Folk that's going to tie into this team about baseball. So, like, if you're not tuned into this, you're just not a baseball fan. You're not a Red Sox fan. Exactly. So this we're literally is going to turn into one of the best podcasts, if not the best podcast out there. Yeah. So and we appreciate the early support from people like oh, George. Yeah. So Wednesday, we're bringing the closer, Keith Folk. But today, we're bringing in the closer. Some closing thoughts. Anthony, hit us with some closing thoughts. Yeah, I mean, um, you know my uh, tradition of watching opening day. Uh, I used to skip school when I was a kid. It's It's just a national holiday for me. It's like... I don't, you know, it's just, it's different. You know what I mean? Maybe football, cause it's on a Sunday, you know, it's a little different, but like, there's something about baseball. You know what? If, if it's on a Thursday at two, I'm going to be there. I don't care. It's opening day. It's a national holiday. As far as I'm concerned, I love opening day. There's just something special about it. And I love baseball. I love the Red Sox. We, I'm telling you right now, I said it today on Twitter Anybody who doesn't think our bullpen is pretty sketchy right now is whistling past the graveyard. I hope the Red Sox front office isn't that naive as some some of these fans are that don't realize that we're we're hanging pretty thin right now with this bullpen. A couple of things don't go our way, we're in trouble. And we know how Alex Gore handles the bullpen as well. So that's my closing thought is I am my number one concern with this team going into the season is the bullpen. Yeah. DC- Which is shocking. After what we did this yeah, offseason, too much uh, to talk about. Uh, I mean, obviously excited for everything that's going to be coming up this next week. We got a busy week. I think we're doing three pods this week, 
three in what four days, which is going to be pretty nuts. Um, yeah, I mean, bullpen scares me. Uh, I mean, I, I'm just excited for opening day, though. Um, trying to get past that, not think about it too much, and just get to the uh, to the first game. Um, one thing to think about that I wanted to bring up before when we talked about WBC, I think I read it on Twitter somewhere. I can't remember where or who posted it. Um, but if Jaron Duran doesn't make the the tournament, I wonder if uh, he's going to regret playing in the WBC. I mean, he didn't really have too much time. And then he, you know, this was a pretty important spring training for him. So to not come in and and fight for the, the position, I don't know if that's going to hurt him. Obviously, I know Alex Cora is big on the WBC. I don't think he'd punish him for it, but I think it definitely hurt him in the long end. I just want to kind of put that little tidbit in there. But yeah, overall, man, I'm excited for opening day. Just want to shore up the bullpen with, the you know, the one strength that we had. It's not a strength any longer. Um, it's a weakness. Um, but let's see uh, Corey Kluber, see what he can do, and then get uh, Chris or Chris Sale the next day, and uh, let's start off the season well. I mean, I think we got Orioles and Pirates, so I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm going to sit there and reiterate my last week, and I got to sit there and just keep pushing it. Just throw some dirt on it, guys. Play through those injuries. Come back quick. Justin Turner, he did it, and look how good he looks. So suck it up. Throw some dirt on it and just push through like we're going to all the way to Wednesday when we bring on the legendary closer, Keith Bolk. Sox Addicts also going to be joining us. Glad she's coming back. She's oh, going yeah. to be on our opening day live show. It'll be myself, Anthony, DC, and seven of our closest, semi-closest friends we got here in Red Sox Nation. So, guys. And Josh. Oh, Yeah. I forgot. I keep forgetting he's an Orioles fan. Uh, he's one of my day ones, though. I've known him since I was five, so I'm excited to have him on here. DC, throw I'm a plug. Pl- yeah, a no, plug. I'm excited to see to because he really knew his Orioles stuff. So we already kind of broke down the Orioles, and now we get to kind of see a lot of that, you know? Yeah, DC in action. Let, let's uh, let's throw out Josh's podcast. I hope you can pronounce that word that he uh, that he called it. It is a new podcast. He's coming out. Starts first episode drops this tuesday it's our sister podcast for all you orioles fans out there we're just a just a fan of baseball in general so dc i'm gonna hopefully let you uh take it from here yeah i'm gonna try to say this i'm probably gonna butcher it um ornithologically correct i don't know but uh ornithologically ornithologically correct ornithologically Give him a give him a follow. Uh, I've known him since I was five years old. He's a really knowledgeable dude across all sports, not even just the, the Orioles. Um, he, he's just fun to talk sports with. Really good dude, and I mean, he, I think he proved his knowledge of the Orioles, you know, when he was on. So, um, you know, if you want to give him a little banner back and forth, you know, some friendly banner, but uh, please welcome him to our team. He's a good dude. He's gonna be a great asset to this uh, to this team, and I'm excited to see what he does, you know, and goes with his podcast. It's so, a clever so, name. Show him some love. It's a clever yeah. name. I just looked it up. It's uh, it's the branch of zoology that deals with birds. Yeah, man, he's a he's a really clever dude, man. He's it's crazy. He's a I like it. Getting creative. Intelligent guy. Yeah, he ain't, he ain't screwing yeah. around. Nope. I'm excited. I'm excited. He's part of the team. Um, yeah, he followed me. He person. followed me. I saw that, and I followed him back. Obviously, um, but I saw that you know he created an account for that on Twitter, so I'm gonna check that out. I like to stay uh, abreast for all the uh, ALEs teams. I like to, I like, I always track my own division, regardless of yeah. sport. Keep an eye on my own division, especially the Yankees, obviously. But now, 
everybody's good. So. Yeah, yeah and uh, and and we got some uh, some great uh, writers, podcasters coming on from other teams. Well, we've already had sign to come on for special appearances. Can't wait for them. But man, the pesky podcast here is expanding our brand. We're doing exceptionally well. Uh, better than I thought after seven episodes. This is episode eight. And I'm I'm glad that we made great friends. DC and I already knew each other beforehand. We got a great new friend with Anthony on the Cape. We got Socks Addict. We got George Sutherland. You know, we got Taylor. It's great, too, because, I, like, you guys were talking about going to Winter Weekend next year. It's like, I'll definitely join. You know what I mean? Like, in other words, like, it's good to know people who are interested in, like, like you were saying, coming up this year. I want to go to – George lives in Maine. When Marcelo Meyer gets promoted to Portland, I want to go up there and see him. I want to – maybe I can get autographs. Maybe I can get – but I don't – I'm not even really – I just want to go and see this guy play his first game for Portland as soon as he gets promoted. And it's like, I like to network and meet people, you know, you know, from around. But, like, that's the thing. Like, I didn't really know about the winter weekend until the last minute, and I didn't have any plans. So, because they hadn't had it for a few years, right? This is the first year they had it since before COVID. And uh, so, you know, it'd be great to, like, kind of get together and do sort of stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, guys, check us out on YouTube. Sub. Follow us on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram. We're trying to we're trying to expand over there and, and get it get big over there. But Twitch, DC and I are we're gonna be sitting there playing periodically. Maybe we can get Anthony on to play some MLB the show. You know? Yeah. I might so, scoop it up just to dominate you guys. So guys, oh, yeah. no, check it kidding. out. But this episode has been great. The next one's gonna be better. But I am the Rit. There's DC, Anthony on the Cape. Thanks for listening to the Pesky Podcast. See you next time.